ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Uh, before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. If you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please feel free to contact us. Uh, the best way to do that, two ways to do that, two of the best ways to do that, uh, you can email us. We have a new email address for the show, ignition at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet us, if you're on Twitter, you can tweet us at SF Diocese, hashtag Ignition. So S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag Ignition. How are you doing, Father? I'm very well. Glad to hear it. Uh, should we just dive into today's topic without any... I think it's kind of full, so yes. All right, let's do that. So one of the chock things... Chock full. Chock full. Um, one of the things that, that uh, today more and more, uh, we're, we're talking about how being being a, a, a Christian, being a Catholic in particular, but just even oftentimes being a, a tradition or even a, 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 a being a Christian or a traditional Christian uh, means going against the culture, means being countercultural. And so we thought maybe talk about uh, what exactly that means. Father, before we get into some specific examples, just the broad idea, countercultural, what, is, what does that connote to you? Well, obviously, to go against uh, a stream, to go against the flow of things. Uh, we've used before uh, on Ignition the idea of uh, culture being uh, like movement. So uh, we've both drawn from movies to, to give people an image of culture. I've uh, drawn from the classic Finding Nemo. Yes. Uh, in which there's a scene uh, that the, uh, the little fish, what's the fish's name? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. Any, I know, but they've never watched. That was before their time, Father. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, so the little fish who's trying to find Nemo, the dad who's trying to find Nemo, his son, who's been taken away, he comes across this ocean current in which this turtle, uh, he meets this turtle named Crush, who's like a surfer dude. Yeah. And the ocean current is just zipping along with all this water flowing uh, through the ocean. And... Um, and so uh, Crush and uh, the dad fish, well, I feel really unprepared. <laughs> uh, Crush and the dad fish jump into the flow of water and just go zipping along. Now, they don't realize they're moving because the, the force of the movement just kind of carries them along. But yet, um, they, they are moving very fast. And so culture, you don't always realize that culture carries you, that there's a momentum to it, but yet you are moving. Yes. Marlin, Father. Marlin. 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 Our producer? No, thank you, Internet. <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, yeah, so Marlin, uh, the dad, uh, looking for his son. So, uh, right, so when we talk about being counterculture, then it implies, first of all, being aware that you're in a stream of movement. And when we talk about culture, it's not so much physical movement, right? but it's the movement of ideas. Uh, preferences, worldviews, the way we look at things. The way we live, practices, um, habits, norms for behavior. Yes. Um, our expectations. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, all of those things, and so one, to be aware that those things are operating around us, and then two, how do I move against it? 
Right, right. So that's so in our day and age, there are ways in which this tension is developed that wasn't as as apparent, at least I think in, in Western civilization, at least our country, uh, up until just a few decades ago. Um, and it's not to say, too, that that, that that doesn't mean there's complete opposition now. When we say being Christian, being a Catholic, uh, means being countercultural, not on everything. Um, there, there are still aspects, Father, there's still, there are still... I don't know remnants of of Christian, traditional Christian morality, um, and we'll get to some of the things where there's there is opposition, but there are remnants still where the culture would be in agreement with us, uh, would say that yeah, we, we, Amen, uh, Christians, Amen, Catholics, we we agree with you on on that point. I think one is something that we we discussed last week indirectly, at least we, last week's episode, we talked about the the. Um, uh, a piece about the extravagance, the opulence of of bishops' residences in the United States, uh, and and part of I think the, the the truth that we discussed is the importance of 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 a simplicity of life, and more importantly, um, for the for the point here today that we're making, um, caring for the poor. Um, the right. church ought to care for the poor, and society at large, our, our American society by and large, would would be in agreement with that as a moral principle, right? Uh, that, that there are these things that the church values that still is hand in hand with some of the 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 culture's expectations of the church. Exactly. Yeah. That that that, that and that's an example. Caring for the poor, um, not being racist. You know, th- th- those are examples where where w- the, the the church and the culture would the, the broader culture would be in general agreement. Or uh, the the broader culture's expectation that uh, priests or ministers be holy. Yes, yes, yeah. That's and we would be in agreement with that. Yes. <laughs> but but so so that that there are aspects where we're in agreement, but there are, <clears throat> excuse me other other ways in which traditional Christianity, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that here momentarily. But there are other ways in which we would be. Um, and are in opposition with the larger culture. Uh, and, and, and Father, you and I were discussing beforehand, <laughs> are there multiple examples or, or just one example? Is there one or one set of examples, if you will? And I'm not sure if there's more than one or not, but the, 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 the one that, that certainly comes maybe first to mind is the whole question of sexual morality. Right. Now, uh, I don't think there's much of anything else where you find such a radical difference between uh, Christian cultural sense, Christian teaching, and uh, the wider Western culture. Uh, Peter Kraft, uh, the philosopher from Boston College, talks about this in a podcast of of his that I heard, uh, where he speaks about uh, when you talk about a moral revolution in Western civilization over the past 50, 60 years, you don't talk about a revolution in property rights. Yeah. You don't talk about a revolution in lying. Yeah. Right? There's only one real revolution. People still want your word to mean your word. People still understand that when uh, uh, I own something, you can't just take it from me uh, without permission or compensation. Uh, so... Um, but in the area of sexual morality, there has been a revolution, a upturning, um, a, a, ch- a strong change in thinking between uh, the traditional Christian vision of it and now the common cultural vision of it. Right, so now there is, whereas in the past there is by and large 
the culture was in agreement with with the gospel, with with traditional Christianity on this, and and now that's not as 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 much the case. Just as we were and still are on the same page with property rights or lying or some of these other things, uh, love of the poor. Um, but here we're not on the same page. Right, right. And so I think, you know, just to, to give examples, you know, um, trad- traditional Christianity in this context, not example, but definition, traditional Christianity in this context probably means to embrace traditional Christian teachings on human sexuality. Now, we know that there are many people who would consider themselves traditional Christians, and I would agree that there are traditional Christians, but don't necessarily agree with us on everything. So, for instance, Father, um, the Church's teaching on contraception is not held by everybody who I would consider to be a traditional Christian when it comes to sexual morality. Do you think that's accurate? No, I mean, there's certainly, with any category like this, there certainly is some variance in that way. And we don't want to reduce traditional Christianity to just simply mean believing certain things about sexual morality. Right. Uh, but, because, of course, Christianity at its heart is always about a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. Exactly. Uh, and through him to the whole of the Trinity. But uh, this particular just little aspect that, to, in a cultural sense, to be Christian now means that in some way... Uh, you're very much embracing Christian teachings on human sexuality, right? And so, examples. I mean, uh, the that that sex sexual relations ought to be reserved for 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 marriage. Um, the church's teaching, uh, the, the teaching on the 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 immorality of pornography as 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 degrading to both participants and also those who consume it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, I think, some of the the, the common instances that come divorce. to mind. divorce. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, uh, of course, the, the, the very much in the public square, square today in public conversation is traditional Christian teachings on homosexuality um, and the morality of homosexual acts. Uh, the, 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 those are probably some of the more well-known examples today of what we mean by traditional Christian teachings on human sexuality. And t- closely related, but not technically an issue of sexual morality, would be the question of abortion. Right. Yep. So it's... So, Retirement gets tied into, like, in the American political cultural sphere, it gets tied into women's liberation or women's empowerment or a notion of a women's sexual liberality um, as, a, as, a, as a fail-safe of that, but it isn't actually technically an issue of sexuality. Right. It's a matter of human life and dignity as such. Um, and, and so this is an issue, Father, the whole traditional... Christian morality, uh, sexual morality, this is the issue, as we're saying, that divides us from the larger culture, and we're seeing that manifested in all sorts of ways. Obviously, you know, I think a lot of people might think of, of, of Hollywood, you know, the, the, uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you looked, at, but this is true, and it's, it's, it's granted by even advocates of, of um, I don't know, secular sexual I don't know what, what I don't know what the the opposing position would be but but people who would disagree with us on on our, our teachings on human sexuality would say yeah the, the 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 portrayal of human sexuality in in most of pop culture today is contrary to to traditional Christian teaching on those issues yes uh, and it is a divide and I can see that divide like in the and I know it's like the implicit divide, like when I interact with um, some formal areas of society or for those who maybe wouldn't identify themselves as a traditional Christian, I know it's kind of the unspoken and expected divide that exists. 
even if we don't necessarily speak to it directly or it's not the topic of discussion um, or things like that, but it's just, it's, it's there. Right, right. And I think, and so we're seeing that more and more now um, in, in not just in the you know, interactions with people we know and, and in pop culture, TV and music and so on, but we're seeing this manifested, this difference, this divide uh, manifested more and more even in the political realm and in the, in the legal realm as well. You know, I, we, we've, we did an episode earlier this summer on the Fortnite for Freedom which in many ways was it's the bishop's response to, to challenges to religious freedom in our country, um, in many ways instigated by the, the, um, the, the Health and Human Services mandate requiring contraceptive coverage be provided by in, in, in health care plans. Uh, so that's... that's Abortifacient and contraceptive. Ex- exactly, yes. So, so, But other ways as well, um, where uh, even in the political sphere now, the, the, the difference between those who hold traditional Christian teachings on human sexuality um, and, those who, and, and those who hold other views uh, is more and more wide and apparent. But especially of their freedom, especially of their freedom to do uh, social charities. This is a big concern. So this year's Fortnite uh, for Freedom, the theme was, I believe, freedom to serve. Right. Yep. So the whole idea that we need to be free, not just so we can do our own thing, uh, but free so we can conserve the public good. Uh, There is no larger charitable organization than the Catholic Church when seen as a whole. Uh, we feed more people, we shelter more people, uh, we clothe more people, and there is a, a clamping down, a restricting of our freedom to do that that's occurring. So shortly after the Fortnight for Freedom, uh, the current uh, administration under President Obama signed an executive order to uh, limit uh, or to, to ensure that uh, charitable organizations and charitable contractors, especially with uh, instances where the government contracts a charity that uh, they will not discriminate uh, based on new categories of gender gender identity and sexual preference. Right. And we saw this already a year or two ago when there was a restriction on government contractors who might discriminate based on, as they call it, women's reproductive health, which is just a code word for abortifacient and contraceptive access. And so now this is coming through again, which can limit... Uh, and cause difficulties uh, for the church to be able to exercise her social mission and her divine mandate uh, to feed the poor. And I know going back just several years now, at the state level, for I think uh, Massachusetts, maybe Illinois, I know, mm-hmm. um, where the limitations were placed on Catholic charities' ability to do certain things because they would not agree with, with well, for instance, um, with adoptions, uh, Catholic charities in Illinois can no longer place uh, you have gotten out of the doing the adoption placement business because because we hate babies. Because we hate babies. No. Oh, why? Because uh, we we wouldn't uh, uh, grant adoptions to households uh, that were uh, same sex couples. Right. So wouldn't place with same sex couples, and the state said, "Well, then you if you then this is a requirement if you're going to be in the adoption business." And we said, "We can't do that." So so our ability to to be involved in adoptions um, was and the ability for uh, couples to uh, find uh, uh, children to welcome and the ability of children to find a place to call home has been reduced. Yep. 
exactly. So th- those are. Well, I guess there's another manifestation of this that we want to talk about. So it's not just in those uh, restrictions, but even just in the labeling of these traditional teachings on uh, sexual morality as being uh, examples of religious extremism. That to say marriage is for one man and one woman is an example of religious extremism, we're told. To say that uh, marriage is between one man and one woman until death do they part is an example of a religious fundamentalism or extremism. To say that... Um, you know that, that we can have an opinion, and that there is a right way to use the uh, sexual capacities of the human person. They're claiming that is a religious extremism, and in some cases, more and more commonly, um, bigotry. It's it's, right. it's just unjust discrimination. It's hate, hateful, so. hateful. Uh, <laughs> Labeled la- la- to be the same class of people as uh, the individuals of ISIS who currently in Iraq are uh, uh, raping women, slaughtering children, selling them off into slavery. Um, and so that's, that's a pretty strong claim to be so that you're a bigot for that. Exactly. And, and the, the, to me, one of the many unfortunate consequences of this, it's so, so basically it's shouting down opposition to secu- secular, a secular morality when it comes to, to human sexuality, uh, not, a, not even wanting to allow a hearing, uh, not even wanting to allow traditional Christians to make our case that this, this is not bigotry, this is not extremism, this is not fundamentalism. This is, this is in fact, uh, a, a completely reasonable and rational uh, view to take when it comes to human sexuality. Uh, right. In fact, there was just uh, recently uh, um, a, uh, a, a, a twi- uh, of all things, a Twitter uh, conversation where um, a uh, a public uh, advocate of uh, uh, preserving marriage between one man and one woman with a New York Times reporter, uh, where the New York Times reporter was saying that uh, people. Um, who uh, promote marriages between one man and one woman um, should are should be isolated and tossed out of public conversation. Uh, so, like some of the the reactions that's being said towards us is that why would you expect me to be civil towards you? You devote your life to promoting anti-gay public policies, right? So that even those in error don't deserve civility is what's being said. Exactly. And that's becoming more and more. Whereas we would, I, I mean, I, I would, I, my, our, our thought on the matter is that, that persuasion is always a possibility. I mean, I couldn't have a, a rabidly anti-Catholic, whether, whether it's a, a fundamentalist Christian or a, a fundamentalist atheist, rabidly anti-Catholic person. But if they're, if they're open to discussion, I'm happy to engage them in a conversation and hear them out because I believe that in the power of reason to persuade. And, and I believe that my position is reasonable and rational, and therefore I, 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 I'm, I'm not afraid to let you have your hearing in, in conversation with me personally or publicly. Right. I, I, I am not afraid of, uh, of conversation in that way. Right. And so that, I think, um, the, the irony there is that um, we are the one, and irony at least in, in some contexts, we're not afraid of employing our reason and, and having a reasonable conversation in this context. And the other interesting thing with this is uh, that because of these teachings, and this is another irony, 
Uh, we're not the ones afraid of public uh, discourse and dialogue. But the other irony is that uh, we come to these, Christians come to these traditional sexual teachings not based on any revelation, not based on something that uh, uh, is explicitly said, but for the most part on, uh, on our reason, on things that we can, na- that we can know by uh, our natural abilities. But by the, by the human mind, apart from anything that God has said to us in Scripture or tradition, or through the teachings of the, the magisterium. And so, uh, which is just which is just an odd aspect in that regard. Yeah, and I, I don't think I think you know. Well, some people may be aware of this, but um, we certainly Catholics, and I know other Christians because I, I've read their 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 arguments. Our our arguments are the the case that we build, the case that we make for traditional Christian morality doesn't always, and it needn't ever refer to chapter cite chapter and verse within the Bible or cite paragraph articles within the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, it, it can do that, and, and, and there's a benefit to that. It's 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 a, it's a blessing that God has confirmed that these are the truths um, uh, about human sexuality. But the fact remains that at least in principle, we are able to arrive at these conclusions, these teachings, the, these doctrines through the power of our human intellect alone. Um, and, and, and we're not dependent upon, again, divine revelation to arrive at them. So you can be, in other words, a, a complete uh, somebody of a, of a completely different religion or no religion uh, could, through the power of reason, uh, arrive at the same conclusions that we do. Correct. And I think that's part of the persuasive power of the faith, as always, is that the, the Catholic Christian faith has always seen reason and the natural world as its friend, not as its enemy. Exactly. The, 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 sorry, go ahead. Well, there's just another example, I think, of that, of that way that we, that we can see that. And it's, um, I was thinking back, I had to do a, a phone call last week with uh, some uh, different uh, uh, people from universities around the country. It was a favor for someone here at South Dakota State. Um, where they do these faculty phone calls uh, in student life, and they're talking about, you know, misre- misrepresented things about Catholicism. And one of the things I forgot to say is, you know, that the Catholic Church loves science. We love reason, and that, that reason actually finds itself so often in accord with the teachings of our faith. Right. But, uh, but I think one of the things you want to talk about this, too, that you pointed out, uh, Dr. Bergwald, on this, this is an example to us of, uh, kind of something that's happening even about uh, reason and rationality itself in our culture, and how, as Catholic Christians, we're countercultural uh, in another way. Yeah. So the the yeah, another irony, as you said, is <clears throat> what we're seeing is when 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 faith and reason are divorced, they both sort of collapse. As you said, the church has always seen them as as working together. John Paul II, uh, Saint John Paul II, in his his uh, great teaching document, Faith and Reason, Fides et Ratio, uh, begins it with this image of of faith and reason as two wings of the human spirit flying up to God, uh, up to the full of truth. Uh, and, 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 what, and what the church has been saying for some time is, is that when, when we try to separate these two, when we say, we don't need faith, that's superstition, and we're going to throw off the shackles of superstition and, and enter into the glories of, of, of the, what, what the human mind can know about reality and so on and so forth, what we're finding is, in fact, uh, the, the, the consequence of separating them is that given enough time, reason will come to collapse in and on 
uh, in and on itself. So today, with with the real the cultural phenomenon of what's called postmodernity on the increase, there's less and less confidence in the human mind's ability to know the reality around it, and more and more assertion that we just need to create the world around us, not discover what's already there, but we can't know what's around us, so we have to make the world around us, so to speak, uh, instead of discovering the rea- reality as it, is, as it actually is. Correct. And, and that's just, it's, it's such a sad thing to witness in that regard. But again, it, when, uh, one, when one is a committed Christian, believes that Jesus has access to the truth, it restores that confidence in that created world. Um, and even allows you to see the created world as your friend. And so in human rationality, human reason as your friend, uh, through whom and with whom together you can arrive at the truth. Whereas uh, when, when you lose sight or, or, or lose uh, track of the notion of the created world uh, as your friend uh, in this way, it... Uh, it it really just uh, causes us to uh, to doubt that we can arrive to these truths, um, and even just the doubt that we can know anything true at all. Right. Right, and that's and so uh, again, we're, this is the the theme of the show is ironies. Apparently, um, the, the the irony that it takes a pope to say no, the human mind can know reality. Yes. <laughs> You know, the the uh, during the the Enlightenment, that would have been you know, I mean, Voltaire is probably spinning in his grave. I mean, the the uh, the great uh, rationalist thinkers of of 18, the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries um, would have found it hilarious. I think that it's 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 a saint and a pope who is defending the power of the human mind today. Yeah, it's but 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 again, that's where we've come to. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why, you know, uh, listeners, we want to make a connection back to some other uh, episodes of Ignition where we've talked about what we call theological anthropology. Again, the meaning of what it means to a human person from a theological view. And there's some great connections to those past episodes of Ignition. Yeah, so we, we've we've uh, it's an ongoing series, and we're going to uh, be, be doing uh, another installment in the series coming up. But but an ongoing series because this is definitely Father uh, going to the heart of of these issues that we're talking about today, um, where we're we're seeing uh, the, this more and more divide between what what we believe as Christians and what the culture around us believes. And so it's more and more important that we equip ourselves to be able to explain the deeper rationale of why we believe what we do and 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 how it's not just right, but true and good and beautiful as well. And just for the living out of your own human life. Exactly. Living out, this is what it means. This is what it means to be human. Um, the church reveals the fullness of man to himself. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet to us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition. Uh, communicate with us. Let us know your thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at the diocesan website, www.sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. And finally, remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 3 on Lamb Catholic Radio on 91.3 FM in Hartford and Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.